Greetings, Weary Wanderer, and welcome back to another episode of Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. This week, we are playing Secrets and Scholars, The Disappearance of Hieronymus the Hardy by Cracker Jackalope. Three centuries ago, the Great War broke out and the wizard Hieronymus the Hardy vanished without a trace. Many historians have theorized the circumstances regarding the disappearance, but none have been universally accepted as the truth. That's where you come in. You are a scholar working in the University of Arcadia. For your latest research project, you have been tasked with proposing a new theory for the disappearance of Hieronymus the Hardy. With full access to the university libraries, you must probe through the various aspects of Hieronymus's life, gathering clues, and building a theory. The Disappearance of Hieronymus the Hardy is a solo journaling game about research and student life. The game is supposed to be lighthearted and fun if you find yourself in too dark a place and are no longer able to enjoy where the story is taking you. It's okay to stop, rewind, and try something else, or walk away completely. Additionally, you are not beholden to your dice roll or the cards you draw. If you determine that something on the theme or clue tables that seems outlandish or unfitting for the fiction you have written so far, feel free to roll or draw again. So your character is going to have two stats. You're going to have Analyze and Theorize. Analyze, understanding a text, discovering information, and following chains of citations. Theorize is coming to your own conclusions, disputing biases, and discussing your theory with others. So for these two stats, you're going to have one of two dice that you're going to use, a d10 or a d12. Assign one to one and one to the other. When you're playing the game, you're going to choose which skill you want to use to find your clues. On a 10+, plus, you find two clues. On a 5+, plus, you find one clue. On a three or four, that is hijinks, no clue. And on a one or two, that is a failure with no clue. Now, an important note, if you do not find a clue, you also reduce that die by one level. So your D12 becomes a D10, a D8, a D6, a D4 to a D2. For failures, that is something seriously bad happening that prevents you from finding the clue. Hijinks is just something harmless but distracting. Now, if you find that your dice levels are getting way too low, then you can always take a study break. Basically, you take a little bit of a break, you reset your dice back to their maximum level, perhaps take a break yourself, that might be a good idea, and then you can continue on the game. Now, two notes. One, you can only take one study break per game. Two, that is going to count as your action for that turn. Now you have nine turns that you can do. So when you take your study break, then you can only do eight more turns. So that's eight opportunities to find clues if you take a study break. For the investigation, during the investigation, you're going to complete rounds of play until you've covered all nine topics. Now these nine topics are Hieronymus's childhood, his family, associates, love life, magic, retirement, the war, detractors, and any other theories. So for your round, what you're going to do is you're going to pick a topic to study. You're going to roll on the D66 table, write an overview of the topic and how it relates to the theme, then make an investigation roll using either your analyze or theorize skill. If you're successful, you draw one or more clues from the clue table and then write about the clues and how they are linked to what you've written so far. 
If you fail or run into hijinks, write about how you're hindered from your research. After that, you're going to continue on to your next clue. Now, when you run out of topics to study or at any point that you feel like you've made a good theory, you can move on to the deduction phase. But you can only perform this once per game. This is your final opportunity to lay out your case. So write down your deduction and prepare to defend it. Now, in order to do that, you're going to roll for your deduction. You're going to start at a D2, but for every clue that you've gathered, that dice moves up a level. So no clues is a D2, one clue is a D4, two clues is a D6, three clues D8, four clues D10, five clues D12. Now D12 is the maximum, but any clue you find over five adds plus one to your roll. Now, of course, for your roll on a one to two, your theory is absurd. No one is going to believe that. Three to four, it could use some more thought. Should have done some more research, but not strong. Not bad, but not great. On a five, your theory is great. It is certainly more believable than the previous theories. And on a 10 plus, your theory is incredible. It has shaken scholars to the core and caused them to reevaluate everything they knew about Hieronymus the Hardy. And then, of course, make sure you close out by writing down how your theory went, how it was presented, and how it was received. The remainder of the book are your D66 tables. Okay, that's just rolling 2D6 and matching the die. And then your clue tables. So without any further ado, we're going to dive on in. I've already set up my game board with my nine topics. I have chosen to assign my D12 into Analyze and my D10 into Theorize. Now, because I am using digital dice, that does allow me to roll things like a D9, which you may or may not be able to do at home. But we're going to randomly choose what topics we get. And for our first one, we get six, which is going to be retirement. So we'll, we seem to be starting from the end. With retirement, Hieronymus was far removed from his work in magical studies by the time the Great War came and he disappeared. Perhaps what led to his downfall happened far after he stopped working. When studying Hieronymus's retirement, consider what his last great act of magic was before retiring, how long did his retirement last before the war, and who, after all this time, was still in his life. So we're going to be thinking about that as we roll our 2d6. And we got 4-5. And that is the greed theme. So greed is a factor with Hieronymus's retirement. Now... Now that could have some interesting implications. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and roll our d12. We're going to analyze our we're going to analyze our primary sources here, being the good little scholar that we are. We're going to look at our contemporary accounts and see if we come up with anything that might provide more insight into this greed. And right off the bat, I roll a 1. So not only do I not get any clue, my analyze goes down to a d10 and that is a failure so it seems to me it seems to me that Hieronymus the Hardy obviously has a great reputation in Acadia so my 
my suggesting that he came out of retirement for the war because of greed, that retirement seemed to cause a hole that he couldn't fill, a hole in his soul that he couldn't fill, and that it was his greed that brought him back out. That did not go over well with the library staff, and I was... As Hank Hill said, I was asked politely yet firmly to leave. And yeah, that that's going to make things awkward for a while as now I have to, now I lose a whole day in the library. And then on top of all of that, I kind of have to sneak around for a little bit because they don't like me right now. All right, so with the one topic already out, let us go ahead and see what is up next. And that's going to be magic. So let's see what our magic theme is. Rolling our 2d6. And we got 12. So 12 is hiding, which is super interesting. We're going to analyze again because I feel like magic is... Hieronymus' magical talent is something that was highly documented. But I am also very curious about this hiding tag. So no whammies. Eight! Eight is a success. That is one clue. So we get to draw one card. And we got ourselves the nine of clubs. So that clue is a house. So hiding and a house with magic. So some of the uh, some of the prompts for magic are when did his interest in magic begin? What was his greatest magical act? What happened when his magic failed? I feel like... I feel like Hieronymus was, I feel like Hieronymus went into hiding at a particular house when his magic first started to manifest. Yeah, he had always been surrounded by magic and it's something that exists in this world, but I think his particular talent kind of scared him and he hid himself away for... A little bit he wasn't quite sure what to do with it he wasn't quite sure how to respond to any of it so yeah he and we don't know where this house is he just he hid himself away there until he got a handle on a handle on the magic so obviously the next question is the next question is is that where he disappeared to because while i didn't turn up much during retirement like, he was still around. So did he run away to this house after everything was said and done? But that is a topic of conjecture. We don't have much to go on right now. Instead, what we have to do is figure out what our next topic is going to be. And I rolled retirement again, so I got to re-roll. All right, we got other theories. So let's see what our theme for other theories is going to be. 34, which is curiosity. That is super non-helpful for other theories. Of course, other theories are going to have curiosity. So for other theories, we're looking at many historians have theorized as to the circumstances surrounding Hieronymus's disappearance. You figured it would be worthwhile to investigate these theories and see if they're useful. When you begin investigating this topic, draw three times on the clue table. Each clue will inform another theory you encountered in your research. Hmm. 
So I'm going to draw three times, but because I'm doing this in a random order, I think you're actually supposed to do this in order, but because I'm doing this in a random order, I'm going to draw three times, but I'm going to keep two of those cards face down until I get more clues to work with. Now, also, as far as I know, these don't actually count as clues. So these will not count towards our deduction roll. But as a augmentation to our magic clue, we got ourselves the king of clubs. So I'm going to slide that right under my nine. And the king of clubs is broken glass. So broken glass doesn't really help or hurt my house hiding. Really, the only thing that we're going to adjust is instead of just being an unknown house, we will say it is an unknown abandoned house as we will assume that the broken glass is as we will assume the broken glass is shattered windows. So moving on to our next topic, we got seven, which is detractors. And for detractors, we know Hieronymus wasn't a perfect man. He made plenty of mistakes throughout his career. And his flaws could directly relate to his disappearance. When studying Hieronymus's detractors, consider what he did that was so controversial. Who were the detractors? And did the detractors live at the same time as Hieronymus? Or are they scholars like us? So we got 62 for our theme which is friendship and that is a uh, that's a really interesting theme to pull for detractors hopefully we can get something with it i think at this point i think at this point i'm theorizing i'm not researching anything i am i am theorizing attempting to figure something out making some conjectures as to who his detractors might have been and why they might be related to friendship. And that's a seven. That's going to be a success. So that's going to be another card. And we got the Queen of Diamonds. Which is a flying carpet. And to augment that, we got the Eight of Diamonds. That's actually kind of freaky that I have matched suits on all my augmentations. And the Eight of Diamonds is going to be a diamond. Alright, so we have a flying carpet and a diamond. And... We're talking about friendship in relation to detractors. So the nearest that I can figure is Hieronymus and one of his close friends. They were working on a project together. And maybe this was during the war. After all, the ability to the ability to observe the enemy is always a key thing needed during war. And so they were working on some way of providing better observation on the battlefield. And the prize was the prize was a diamond. And Hieronymus developed this flying carpet that would allow observers to rise above the battlefield and be able to observe while also providing limited capabilities for some type of strike where his friend was merely working on some type of some type of scrying 
And so Hieronymus won the diamond, but lost his friendship. So this would just be an instance of this would be an instance of Hieronymus losing people along the way and not even like not even losing them to just a normal passage of time, but but over competition and contracts. All right, next up we have childhood. And 62 is our theme for childhood. Just like last time, more friendship. So I think this is going to be the same friend that we lost during the military competition. But so we're going to continue to theorize. And we are going to see if we get any more clues. But we do not. That was a failure. So our theorize goes down to D8. So as our, as our line of questioning turns toward this friend, I would say that, I mean, obviously any friend of Hieronymus is going to be a notable person as well, or will be, or will develop into a notable person, especially if they were both engaged in some sort of military competition and being a notable person, they are going to still have followers even after all this time. So I'm going to say that as we started as we started bouncing off the ideas of this friend and what this friend might have meant to Hieronymus and to Hieronymus's disappearance the people we talk with come up to us and pull us aside and they let us know that hey this might be a dangerous line of questioning that we should probably abandon so we will we will drop that as we move on to our next topic, which is going to be associates. So what shall we learn about Hieronymus' associates? 36. Redemption. So things we need to ask ourselves. Many people worked with Hieronymus, from childhood friends to magical co-scholars. Hieronymus had a wide network. When studying associates, consider where did he meet the associate, how long did he know them, and what did they think of him? So I want to see if we get a clue on this before I start making any conjectures. We're going to go back to analyze. We're going to research other associates. Because I think we were on to something with the friend. And now I need to know who to ask questions about. So that is going to be an eight. That is going to be a success. And we got the six of hearts for our main one. And the ten of clubs for our supplementary. So that is our last supplementary from our other theories. So the Six of Hearts is a party and the Ten of Clubs is a town. So I feel like Hieronymus was invited to this party in this small town just outside of Acadia. And this was more of a who's who type party only the most notable people would be there. And I think this is a, I'm going to say this is an annual type thing, or at least a regular thing. So the first time it happens, Hieronymus, like the first time it happens, the accounts talk about the various people that Hieronymus met and... There are 
letters and correspondence following the party talking about research projects and proposals that Hieronymus and these other people can work on. And as time goes on, especially especially after the war, those type of proposals stop coming. Like there is a marked drop in letters after the party, especially from people Hieronymus knows and would have known for a while. Like, yeah, the new people who get invited will always will always shoot their shot, but where there was regular correspondence prior to the war, post-war, Hieronymus seems to be drawing in on himself. So for our next topic, I'm not even going to roll. We keep we keep dodging around the war. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and dive on into that. Let's explore the war. And we got 35 for our theme, which is failure. And that seems pretty on brand actually. We're going to continue with our analysis. And we rolled a 4. So our analysis goes down to a D8. Our analysis goes down to a D8. So no clue for that, but it is hijinks or distraction. And I feel like the distraction is getting sucked into sucked into all the different accounts of the war. It becomes harder to isolate particular particular clauses and instances when this whole thing was a this whole thing was a bloody mess of information. But regardless of regardless of all of that, like we do know that we do know that Hieronymus left the war with a sense of failure, which again we saw manifesting itself with losing his best friend, with withdrawing in on himself at the at the party. So it feels like it feels like Hieronymus felt some type of responsibility for the war and the outcome and what happened. And it seems that his guilt eventually caught up with him. It seems that his guilty conscience eventually caught up with him. Not saying that he was necessarily guilty of anything, but War does terrible things to the mind. So we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and roll our deduction. Alright. We know that Hieronymus, when he started out, hid himself in an abandoned house. We don't know where that house was. We know that he lost his best friend due to a competition during the war. He left the war feeling like a failure, and that caused him to withdraw in on himself. So our conjecture is going to be that because of all of this, Hieronymus retired again back to that that unknown house. Now we have three clues, so that moves us up to a D8, which means we have just under a coin flip chance of our theory being good enough. That's a two. As we present our theory, as we present our theory, we are politely dismissed but we know that we know that nobody believes us that we apparently misinterpreted all of our data after all the great Hieronymus the Hardy 
withdrawing in on himself and running away, that is not that is not the wizard that this world knows. But with that, that is that is Secrets and Scholars by Cracker Jackalope. So I really enjoyed this game. I do like I do like mystery games. I like the way that this one is set up. The investigation, the investigation is fun. The combination of theme and clue is definitely a is definitely a novel concept that we haven't run across yet on this channel. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the way that that worked together. I partly wish that there is a little more connective tissue between the theme and the clues because, you know, it's one of those you roll a juicy theme, but then you fail your clue roll, so you don't have much to do with it. So that could that could potentially be disappointing, but when it works, it works nicely, and it works really well together. So... Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth doing all your rolls for the round before looking anything up. Like there's no point in figuring out what the theme is going to be unless you're going to get a clue. But realistically, my biggest complaint in the book and the setup is when you look at the theme table, they use the face of the dice. And while that is while that is aesthetically pleasing, it is a it is a good artistic choice it makes readability kind of difficult and annoying i would have almost much rather preferred that they just use the numbers instead of the dice face it would have made it a little it would have made it a lot easier to look up what my roles actually were but all in all this is definitely a fun game this is a this is a fun little game if you enjoy mysteries then this is a good one. I really enjoy how a lot of the mystery games I've played have found ways to maintain the mystery. And the use of building a theory and then rolling on your deduction table to confirm that theory is great. I really enjoyed that. Very, very nice. Some of the other mysteries that we've played have had resolution mechanics that were kind of disappointing like weekend in the countryside great i love the i love the clue gathering aspect of it but you know trying to win a game of five card stud is is annoying like it's way too easy to not get anything and now you're like now you're running out of options and suspects fantasy land confidential that you know that was another mystery that we played also great game but again you had a you had a problem of running out of suspects with the way that the resolution mechanics work and so the resolution mechanics in this in seekers and scholars is really nice i definitely enjoyed the fact that the more clues you gathered the more likely it was that your theory would be correct. Or at least that your theory would be seen as academically worthy. For us, it was just a case of it's late and we 
pretty much shown what you guys need to see in order to uh, in order to dive on into this game and have a good time. But a good time you can have with this game. And if you enjoyed it, you can find Secrets and Scholars on itch at crackerjackalope 64itchio slash secrets-and-scholars. And it is currently pay what you want. But again, remember, at least toss, at least toss some money towards the creator. Because after all, we want these people to continue to enjoy what they do and make a little bit for the time that they put in in our entertainment. But if you do pick it up, make sure you tell them that Steel Stash sent you. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome. This has been a Black Dragon Dungeon Company production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating with your podcatcher. It really helps get us out to more people and spreads our name out there. Or you can share us with a friend. Other ways you can help support the show is you can check out some of our products over on itch.io or DriveThruRPG. You can also join our Patreon to receive early access and have the opportunity to ask us any questions that you want. You can find us on Twitter at BDDC underscore pod, or you can email us at blackdragondungeoncompany at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.